Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings one and all and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. Here we are sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And man, have I got a special treat for you guys who are listening now. Uh, Unfortunately, Tom Dorian, my co-host, couldn't be here. But I have two wonderful stand-in co-co-hosts. My sons, Nick and Jeff. Little Jeff Jr. I say little, but he's 18 years old. And and, uh, Nick is uh, 16 years old. And so you guys are going to help me uh, through this show. Are you going to do that? Yeah, uh, we, I hope we can so. do it. We can do it. Get a little closer, Nicholas. Don't be don't be afraid <laughs> of the microphone. It won't right. bite. Okay, very sure. good. Well, I'm so excited to have you guys here, and it's a great thing that you're here because we're going to talk about a wonderful topic. What what topic did we say we we're going to talk about today? Said something about a uh, fatherhood earlier, I believe. There you go, fatherhood. That's what we're going to talk about is fatherhood and all of the different wonderful dimensions of fatherhood, how fatherhood applies to all of us, not only those who may even have had their earthly fathers pass away, but those who uh, still have fathers living, those who have people in their lives who are great and wonderful people that have great influence on them that might be spiritual fathers for them, and of course, God the Father. God revealing himself to us as a father and how all those things come into play in this in this world. And I know, uh, Nicholas, you're excited about talking about all that oh, kind yeah, of stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm, right? I'm, I'm really excited. You're pumped. You just yeah. said to me the other day, when am I going to get on the show, Dad? When am <laughs> yeah. I going to be on there? And so now you get your, your blessing, your chance. This is your opportunity. It's going to be fun. All right. I can't wait. Just don't well, blow it. <laughs> we have a wonderful guest. Many of you might have heard our show we did on the Rosary many moons ago, and we did that show with Father Jim Blunt. And, and Father Jim Blunt is from Belize, and he has come back god be praised to be with us here again and uh father blunt is a wonderful priest uh, from the society of our lady of the most holy trinity we lovingly refer to them as salt s-o-l-t salt priests now father blunt welcome to the luxurious corner booth at the catholic cafe thank you deacon please pass the cream and sugar yeah absolutely we got to make sure your coffee tastes good now what is the name of your wonderful parish there in belize I'm the pastor of Divine Mercy Catholic Church in well, Belize City. Great name for a great parish, and I'm sure that you do a wonderful job there. Many blessings have happened in Belize in your little parish and, and your tiny little country, have they not? It's really a miracle church, to be honest with you. And even the title is apropos for today's show, because really mercy is an attribute of the Father. That's right. St. Thomas Aquinas says that the highest attribute of God, his greatest characteristic, is not his power or his intelligence. His greatest gift and virtue is mercy. Yes. And Jesus is the mercy of the Father. You've introduced this concept of fathers. And I know there are many folks that listen to this program who are are not Catholic yet and who (laughs) might not understand the church's teaching on this concept of the Father. And they know that they might be confused that we refer to priests. When I refer to you as Father Jim Blunt. And sometimes people will say, well, there is that that passage in Matthew that tells us that we should call no man father, for you have but one father in heaven. What did Jesus mean when he was saying that? Did he intend that we would not have any other kinds of fathers? Well, there's a question of interpreting sacred scripture correctly, especially when we're dealing with an ancient language, Aramaic, the language that Jesus spoke in, and the nuance of what is meant by that. For instance, when I tell you that I was out fishing a few weeks ago and caught a million barracudas, 
I was out fishing. We did catch some barracudas, but it wasn't quite one million of them. Yeah, not quite. Just a bit of an exaggeration to make a point. Right. By the way, barracuda is good eating. <laughs> Never <laughs> really heard barracuda. Is. Never have. Give it a try. <laughs> Come on down and I'll catch you one. All right. Now, listen, when we talk about these ancient languages, we have to understand the subtle nuances. Our Lord Jesus Christ was not speaking about the title Father. He was speaking about a type of idolatry that was very present even among the, our beloved Jewish brothers. Sometimes we can give to a human being this status of God the Father. Right. As if they were divine. No human father is divine. And he is, to get to the point, none of us are the creators. We are not the creator of all that is. It is in that sense that our Lord spoke. Don't, don't call any man your father in the sense of the origin of all life. Now, when our Lord said to pop out your eye, if you use it for the wrong thing, or to cut off your hand, if you're reaching to something naughty, he doesn't want you actually to cut off your hand or pop out your eye. But that's what he said. Exaggeration was a common way of, of language with the ancient Jews and many other Semitic peoples as well. And so he did not mean that. In fact, St. Paul, inspired by God and the infallible word of God, says later, you have many teachers, but only one father. And that's me, he says. And so we know by the infallible word of God that we do have fathers. They are not divine, but they are instruments of the divine. And please, God, instruments of mercy. Wonderful. Now, and we also, if we took that Matthew passage literally, we would call no one teacher either. Exactly. We would, so, obviously, we would have no teachers in this yes. world. Now, obviously, Jesus didn't mean that at that point. He was setting up a, a hierarchy, if you will. Yes. Where should our focus be on God the Father? Yes. And he was here to represent that Father, the eternal Father. And so it's an awesome that we have to have this spirit of, of worship and praise for him. So far from, you might say, diminishing human fatherhood or priestly fatherhood, this actually in a way elevates it, that we are to be in some way images or mirrors of the eternal father. Well, and that would lead me to my next question, which would be, why is Jesus focusing us on the father? What is it about the father? And with my boys here present, what is it about fatherhood that is so important and so vital and such an important message, not only for the Jews that were hearing Jesus speaking live, as it were, but the followers of Jesus today, why is fatherhood so important? Well, Jesus himself said that I have come to do the will of my father. Sometimes we are so focused on our Lord Jesus Christ, we forget what he said. He actually said that I have come to reconcile from my father a people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, Jesus exists to love and to do the will of his father. And so we have to remember that God, the eternal father, is the one who sent Jesus. And he came to bring us back to him. And the scriptures actually say that every family on earth has taken its name from God the Father. So that Father, he is the origin of all that is. He's powerful, but he's merciful and good. Now because he's so great, we need some sort of image that we can look at, speak to, and even touch, as John says. So these two good young men, they've had a wonderful father in you, Deacon Jack. Someone they can look at. I paid him to say that, by the way. <laughs> very, no, very I, didn't, I didn't pay him. I gave him a bottle of water. That's all he got out of this. All right, Deke. But I will expect payment afterwards. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. So these good young men that have a father in you, Deacon, an earthly father, and hopefully in myself, a spiritual father. 
And we should be mirroring to our sons and to our daughters the strength and the mercy of the Eternal Father who actually designed us. He thought of us, he made us, and he sacrificed even his own son that we could become his true sons and daughters. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here, guys. Nick okay. and Jeff, this is your opportunity. You know, when you look at me, what is it that you see? Do you see a reflection of God the Father? Or I know I have human failings. I know that you've caught me at – we live together, right? So I know you've caught me at times where you, you would wonder, like, would th- is that something God the Father would do? What are your thoughts in terms of, like, how I bring maybe you closer to God? Well, obviously, as a deacon, you kind of have the holy part down. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Holiness is something you have to demonstrate. You have to show it. So how do I – do I show that to you guys? Um, I would I would certainly say so. I would say that um, not, not only are you a good father, but you're also a good reflection of what a father should be. I guess one of the things that you kind of exemplify is that sort of um, firm but loving – I can't think of what to say this – kind of like the Old Testament God and – uh, how sometimes he was kind of harsh, but that harsh was kind of an, a necessary uh, goal. Or not wow. a goal, a, a necessary a means. I don't smite you. Is that what you're saying? I smite <laughs> you? <laughs> no. I, well, but I that know what you right that one time. You're, you're talking about that sort of uh, a father should be stern sometimes and a father should be gentle sometimes, but always loving. In both of those examples, you're always loving. And I, I appreciate that you've that you've seen that. So now, Nick, do you do you have that same kind of thought there? Or am I am I just always uh, stern? I know, no, Jeffrey, I'll, you're not saying. That. I also want to say, uh, you know, you're someone that we can come to when we need it. And you know, the same principle applies when we're talking about God the Father. You know, when you need some help, always always can call on God. And it's the same thing for you. You know, and we're having troubles and problems. You know, we can come to you and. Be 100% honest, and I know you'll help us. Well, good. I appreciate that, guys. Father Jim, do you see that, that that sort of living out that example that God would have fathers on this earth? Because we're sentient beings. We we need to experience with our senses. We need to experience God in all senses. And this is a way that we can touch uh, you know, God. We can experience him in a, in, a, in a very real and physical way, not just through the beauty and wonder of the Eucharist, but also uh, through the flesh and blood that comes uh, through our our, our fathers that we that we live here with on the earth. Well, I mean, even take it a step further, Deacon. You are married. You have you also have the sacrament of matrimony, and truly, every dad really should be married. And by the way, if you're not married in the church, call up Deacon tomorrow and make arrangements <laughs> for your lessons, because there is a grace of matrimony that makes a man an awesome father, a father like Saint Joseph. So you have that grace also operative within you. And when you and your holy wife pray together, look out. That's not only will you become saints, but your sons and daughters, they too begin to experience a touch of the love of God through you. So marriage is holy. Fatherhood is sacred. And so is motherhood. So these boys have the privilege of a father who's not only a deacon, but he's making use of his grace of matrimony. And you notice that, that Jeff said that he spoke about your strength. Please, God, may every man be strong. But then your son Nick spoke about your kindness, your openness, your mercy. So every father should be both strong and merciful. And there is an accurate reflection of the God who is so beautiful. If you were to see him at a glance without his strength, you and I would die of joy to see the beauty of our father. He's awesome.
Wonderful. Now, before I fall into the sin of pride, <laughs> making me sound like uh, somebody great, and that's wonderful. I appreciate that. That's very affirming. We have so much more to discuss about fatherhood and the importance, but also maybe some challenges to fatherhood coming up right after our break. But before we do that, I want to remind everyone at home that we have a wonderful website, www.thecatholiccafe.com, where you can hear this and every other show we've ever recorded. Also, I'd like for you to email me at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bester Zimski, and this is another great moment in church history. In Rome, on August 15, 1989, John Paul II gave a special apostolic exhortation on the person and mission of St. Joseph in the life of Christ and of the church. This special message was called Redemptoris Custos, or Guardian of the Redeemer. The late Holy Father wrote, In this way, the whole Christian people not only will turn to St. Joseph with great fervor and invoke his patronage with trust, but also will keep always before their eyes his humble, mature way of serving and of taking part in the plan of salvation. The late Pope focused especially on St. Joseph's main task while he was still on earth, protecting and providing for Jesus and the Blessed Mother. St. Joseph, as spouse of Mary and as Jesus' earthly father, places him at the heart of the salvation mystery. He is father to Jesus and father to the whole people of God. John Paul II quoted St. Augustine's writing on Joseph when he wrote, By reason of their faithful marriage, both of them deserved to be called Christ's parents, not only his mother, but also his father, who was a parent in the same way that he was the mother's spouse, in mind, not in the flesh. John Paul exhorts all Christian fathers to follow St. Joseph's example by living Christ's love day in and day out. He said, The essence and role of the family are in the final analysis specified by love. Hence, the family has the mission to guard, reveal, and communicate love. And this is the living reflection of, and real sharing in, God's love for humanity and the love of Christ the Lord for the church, his bride. According to John Paul II, St. Joseph truly fulfilled his mission through his fatherhood. He wrote, His fatherhood is expressed concretely in his having made his life a service, a sacrifice to the mystery of the Incarnation and to the redemptive mission connected with it, in having used the legal authority which was his over the Holy Family in order to make a total gift of self, of his life and work. As St. Joseph was the guardian of the Redeemer, all fathers are called to be the guardians of their Christian families. The feast day of St. Joseph, husband of the Blessed Virgin Mary, is March 19th. I'm Bess Drozimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm joined with my wonderful new co-hosts, Nick and Jeff. You guys are doing a great job, by the way. Oh, thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Well, you know what? I'm going to give you another compliment. I have to tell you that just the other day, my son Jeff became an Eagle Scout. And i got to tell you, that was that made me really proud. All the things that are involved in, in scouting. Scouting is a great program. 
um, especially that 12th point of the scout law, which is what? Uh, reverent. I'm going to say it again last Reverend. Time. There you go, reverence. And just becoming a wonderful young man, uh, that's just to me was like a, a sign that you had uh, you'd graduated into, into manhood, and I really do appreciate that. And then, Nick, there was a couple of days ago uh, we had a, another scouting event, but it was Scout Sunday at Mass, and uh, you actually did one of the readings. And I have to admit, I was sitting up there. I was, I was assisting Father. I was sitting uh, in my chair listening to the readings. And I got to tell you, when you were speaking, you spoke as a man of God. I just, I heard God through your voice. Uh, you know, I remember changing your diaper, son, and, and uh, <laughs> now you've just grown into something just incredible. And I just am so proud of the two of you. Uh, you guys have done such a wonderful job, and and I look forward to what God has in store for both of you. And I, and just know that there's not a day that that goes by that that your mom and I don't pray for you guys and, and what you can be and all the different, all the souls that you're going to be able to bring, uh, storm the doors of heaven with. They're going to have to widen the doors uh, to heaven to get them all in there because of what you guys, praise God, are going to be able to do. But I think now, Father Jim, we yes. need to sort of shift gears here. And we've talked about all wonderful things and how great it is to have a father and, and all these wonderful blessings and this whole concept of fatherhood yeah. uh, that God the Father wants us to have. Yes. What are the challenges to that? I mean, you know, you can't turn on the television without seeing a goofy dad or no dad at all. Mm-hmm. TV commercials, television shows, they're all focused on basically destroying the, the family as we know it to show you all these alternate families, alternate lifestyles. And mm-hmm. it really sort of tears apart this concept of fatherhood. What does that do to us as a culture, as a people, and as a church? Well, you know, there's an old saying, you are what you eat. But I would also say that you are what you see. You are what you watch. So right now we have to put out a warning to all Christians across the world. Limit your television watching. Because there is a false gospel and an anti-family message there. The Lord wants men to be men. The Bible says, gird your loins and be a man. But as I was watching the news last night, I saw several commercials. As you said, Deacon, where the men were wimps. It's like every man I see on these, on these shows, on the commercials, they're all like weak or effeminate. I say, give me a break. My dad wasn't like that. I don't know what kind of dad you had. My dad was pretty strong. And I know that some of these shows I've watched, that it seems to me that in most of these shows or movies, the child is the brilliant prodigy genius, the mother is the efficient know-it-all, and the dad is the klutz. Right. And every show I see, the child is like Mr. Perfect or Miss Perfect, actually kind of a smart mouth. The mother is, is uh, please God, yes, yeah, she's intelligent and she's efficient and utilitarian, which is all good. And dad is like a little goofball, idiot, or nothing. It should be the opposite. The man is called to be the head of the family. He's not to be the dictator, but he should be the protector and the guide in sacrificial love. Yeah, whatever happened to old shows like Father Knows Best? I mean, it's been 40 years since we've had strong fathers on yes. television. That's really sad. Uh, Nick? Jeff, do you see a competition there between what you see on TV and and what hopefully I'm teaching you? We've been blessed to have you as our father, and you know you've you've raised us very well. Uh, we've been going to church all our lives, and uh, like Father Blunt said, uh, you turn on the TV and every single show on there has the same exact image and depiction of a father. I understand the difference between that and my father, but I don't know about everyone else out there who has been blessed as as much as I have, how they see it and how much that. That can really mess them up in their uh, journey to find God. Well, Jeff, what do, I mean, what do you think? What, what's the answer then? What do we do? I mean, 
Father Blunt says turn off the TV, which you know is, a, is always a good answer. But um, we're, regardless of whether we turn off the TV or not, we're still going to be inundated with those those viewpoints, particularly because we're in and involved in the world. Uh, we see magazines, we hear people, our friends probably talk. I mean, so what do you think the answer is? Well, I think that a lot of it is kind of it's not necessarily like the previous generation's fault, but. Um, Unfortunately, the the way that this seems like it's going to turn out is there's going to be the the guys you know who are my age who are um, going to be the, you know like the next generation of fathers um, and the way that they were that they treated their fathers they're going to see how their fa- their fathers acted you know being parents and that's all they're going to know how to do and even if they're not going to be the goofball you know goober know nothing at all kind of be a clutch just for comedic effect person. Um, even if they're not that, they might not be as well equipped to, to be a father as some might be. And I think that, not not that I'm trying to brag, but I think that if Nicholson and I were to have kids, we'd, we'd be pretty decent fathers um, just because of the way that you had raised us. And, I mean, this is kind of to all fathers out there, even if you don't realize it. Um, as as far as examples go, even even right now, you know, I'm going off to college next year, and I'm still looking at my dad and still trying to figure out, you know, what to do. Uh a lot of dads, um, I, I would assume, just don't realize how big of an effect that their behaviors, their actions, and their words have on their sons. So just kind of remember that and remember how big of an example you are in their life. Even if they don't ever tell you that, having a father is a huge part of growing up and being a guy. Amen. You guys are great. I, I look forward to the day where I may be able to call one of you two father, by the way. <laughs> uh, we're open to vocations in our family, obviously. Father Blunt, what do you yes, think? Sir. Well, I, I think that, uh, first of all, it's a joy to be here with you because what I see when I look at your two sons is I see two young men who've been affirmed by their father. And this is one of the great duties of fatherhood. Fathers are to affirm their sons and their daughters. And I always go back to the baptism of our Lord Jesus in the Jordan River. That awesome time there that we celebrate in the, one of the mysteries of light. Jesus rose up from the water, and then you hear the Father's voice. And what does he say? He doesn't start preaching or commanding. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. The Father affirmed the Son in public, just as you did. Fathers should be affirmers of their sons or daughters and unafraid. Do not be afraid of your love and be a courageous man. Affirm your wife, affirm your children daily. So that word affirm has the word firm in it. So men, fathers should be strong, firm in love. And can I add something, Deacon? They should be strong in joy. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord shall be your strength, as in the book of the prophet Nehemiah. We men should find strength in the joy of the Lord. Be a joyful father. Don't be bitter. Don't be quiet. Be loud in the praise of God and the praise of your wife and the praise of your children. Be firm in affirming them. And make your house a joyful house. Do we have fun at home, guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, beautiful. Father, now, what happens, though, as you destroy fatherhood? What happens as you destroy the family? Where does this lack of fatherhood take us? Well, there's a tremendous book that was written in recent years. It's called Faith of the Fatherless by Dr. Paul Witts. He, by the way, was a convert to Catholicism from the Protestant churches. A great and extremely intelligent man. And what Dr. Vitz did was evaluate the faith or the non-faith of well over 100 famous persons of history, including Karl Marx and Nietzsche and all the so-called great atheists. He went through them scientifically, 
he went through at least 45 different atheists. And what he discovered was profound, and, and I would say it's earth-shaking what he discovered. Every single leading atheist in history either did not have a father, his father was dead at a young age, or his father was angry and hateful and destructive, or the father was weak. Every single one of these atheists, by documented historical records, not even one of them had a good father, a father who was there, who was present, who was loving. And so you see a direct link, a scientific link, between fatherlessness and atheism. When you don't have a good father, a strong father, a loving father, you tend not to believe in God the Father. You begin to become atheistic. And so the link between faith and fatherhood, and on the other side, atheism and lack of fathering, is distinct and scientifically clear. That is a that is a warning that we all need to heed. Yes. Now we're not only talking about biological fathers; we're also talking about spiritual fathers. And we have in the Catholic Church we have fathers, we have priests, acting in the person of Christ to us, yes. ministering to us. What happens when we have weak or fatherless fathers? Well, basically, we are all of us are members of two families. We have our biological family with our dad and mom, our siblings. We are also members through baptism of the family of God. And God is the father of this family indeed. And he is mirrored by his priest fathers. And we need to be like him. We need to be strong and merciful. We have to follow his son who mirrored the father perfectly. He said, if you see me, you see the father. Every priest should be able to say that. If you see me, you not only see Jesus, you see the father. I'm afraid that many of our priests have forgotten this. They are called, uh, priests need to be men, first of all. You can't ordain a boy. You've got to ordain a man. So priests need to be men, first of all. And they need to be fathers to their people. And by the way, the priest has a, has a bridegroom-type spirit. He is to be a bridegroom to the church. He stands in the place of Christ with the help of Christ as the bridegroom of the church. So every priest should be a man like all other men, that we have a spousal love within us, and the church becomes our bride, and we should love the church as a man loves his bride. And through that love comes even more profound love to love the people of God as our children. Amen. Very beautiful, Father. Father Blunt, thank you so much for coming and helping us to understand this Catholic concept of fatherhood and how important it is, uh, especially in our modern times. And boys... Thanks so much for sharing your, your insights about fatherhood as well. You guys were great co, co-hosts. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. I want to thank my future bishop as well for being here oh, with yeah. us. <laughs> Which one? Were you pointing at Nick or Jeff? I'm not going to say. <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks again. Thank you. Let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Heavenly Father, you revealed yourself to us as a father above all fathers in order that we may be loved, taught, guided, and protected by you. Help us to treasure your immense gift of fatherhood and see in our earthly fathers a reflection of the goodness you wish to share with us. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff... Send an email to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.